Every company has one. The place where the hats with the wrong logo are hidden from sight. The empty office where the bags that miss the event date are banished. The storage room where the shirts with the smeared imprints are entombed. It's called the Closet of Shame. And every promotional products distributor has a story about making an unwanted contribution. In this podcast, those stories will be shared and the impact on the client relationship will be explored. The Closet of Shame is available only at promocorner.com, the leader in digital marketing for the promotional products industry. Now, here's your host, Bill Petrie. And welcome to this week's episode of Closet of Shame. I'm your host, Bill Petrie. And this is the podcast where we explore when promo goes wrong. And I'm always more interested in the stories from the distributors when, as they try to take an order that's gone horribly awry which happens, as we all know, and save the client. Our sponsor this week is none other than the good, good people at Promo Corner. That's right, we don't have an official sponsor this week, so I'm sponsoring my own podcast. That's just the way I roll. So if you're a supplier or distributor, there's plenty of great offerings to help you market your identity. So go over to promocorner.com right now. Check out those tools that can help you reach your target audience and, more importantly, move them to action. Now, I'm actually really excited today for my guest. My guest is Roger Watson from Elite Promotions, and he is one of the funniest people I know. But what he won't tell you, and I will, because again, it's my podcast, is he's like super nervous. Roger, you're super nervous, aren't you? Yeah, very. I don't know why you're super nervous. This is actually the second time we started recording because I screwed up the first time so poorly, I decided to bail out and start over again, which I never do. So Roger um, has been with Elite Promotions since 2000 it's actually started by his dad 99 thank you for correcting me i i I want thank you for knowing that so uh roger's been with elite since 1999 but it was started by his dad in 1994 but after three heart attacks and it's okay because his dad's okay um his dad turned over the company to his sister his brother-in-law no 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 no. hostile takeover oh it was a hostile takeover so did you actually like cause the heart attacks for the hostile takeover no it was just you're done so he hated yeah. us for 12 minutes, but it's fine. Well, you told him you wanted a dad, not a boss. That's right. And so he graciously or not so graciously handed over the keys to the company, but he's happy with what you guys are doing now. Yeah, he still gets a paycheck. He's fine. Well, great. So you do all the work. He gets a paycheck. If I could only teach my children that that's the way life should be when I get older, I think I would be a very happy person. Just have a heart attack. Uh, man, you know, heart issues do run in my family, so I just might. So anyway, Roger has been in the industry for a darn long time, 19 years, and he has seen the good, the bad, and goodness knows the ugly. So, Roger, I want to ask you, tell me your story, or a story, of when you inadvertently contributed to your client's closet of shame. Now, you know why I call it the closet of shame, right? Yes. All right. So, tell tell me, give me an example of when you inadvertently contributed to your client's closet of shame or you were on the road to uh, contributing to that closet of shame? Well, um, I've never screwed up. The client has always been wrong. Great. Well, that's been a great podcast, everybody. Raj, thanks so much for taking the time to be on. (laughs) (laughs) Such a smart ass. (laughs) No. um, Do you want to hear about uh, 6,000 hats that went bad or 10,000 gas tank covers that went bad? Or what do you want to hear? Tell me, tell me what was so. Tell me the first one. Tell me the big the, the hat order. Tell me about that one. All right. So I had a customer that uh, they had a national program, so they had uh, bringing in all their managers and everything like that. So they got co-branded hats. 
They had a spec sample overseas. They wanted 6,000 hats that looked like they were $12 hats, but they paid $1.95 each. Always a great recipe for success. That's amazing. So we get the first, we get the spec sample in. They approve it. They get uh, 6,000 delivered to the warehouse, and they call me and say, hey, come over here. Look at these. I was like, oh, cool. Like, you're going to pay me. It's going to be great. And I show up. So like, you so you actually went there having no idea that they were not happy? No. Ooh. But, <laughs> but my, my customers are like me. They're kind of – my best customers scare the hell out of me because I don't know if they're joking or they're for real. Right. So I was like, okay, cool. Like, we're going to go have a beer and talk about these awesome hats. We show up in the warehouse. And he's like, uh, yeah, I'm not taking these. I was like, oh, so okay. What was wrong with them? I mean, obviously they were cost. Well, we use the term cost effective, but they were cheap hats. So they got the hats, black hats, white embroidery front, two sides location, everything. And I show up, and they use white backing on the embroidery. So as they did on the spec sample, and it showed too much white coming through, and so they rejected those three weeks before the six thousand were due. So what was your first reaction then? So you saw what their issue was. Did you agree with them? Did you agree that the hats were not nearly up to what the spec looked like? Uh, they had both specs, so I asked them to show me the spec. So that took 20 minutes for them to find the spec that they were comparing it to. That's a long 20 minutes to wait as you're starting to count the money that you're losing, correct? Yeah, but the the good news is this is in December, and the project's due in January, and December is usually like end of the year like there wasn't tons going on so i wasn't overly concerned i was like we can fix this but i don't want to fix it so uh they brought the spec in it looked 90 percent the same but that 10 percent, they're like we need them back we need six thousand hats in three weeks it's like oh okay so So, (laughs) i assume you took the hats from the warehouse you took them with you or did you get Uh, what did you do they're in my closet of shame Oh, do you still have some? Yeah, I have uh, four pallets of hats in my other warehouse if you want some. I don't, <laughs> but I appreciate you asking. So you had to, you got the hats fixed. So you, I assume you got the correct hats and they were happy. So you're able to save the client, correct? Yeah, it's a running joke now. Like it's, it's always the, the screw ups that lead to better. I mean, not always, but it leads to a better story. And then like if the hats went perfect, then I just did my job, but I had to redeem myself, and I gave them 12,000 hats for the price of 6,000 hats, and I kept 6,000 of them. And you will have those hats in your your own personal cause of shame for for quite a while. But it's good that you were able to save the client because I I agree with you. I think when stuff goes wrong, and and shit does go wrong in our industry all the time. Wait, wait, wait. Pause, pause, pause. I'm pausing. We can cuss? Oh, yeah. Oh, shit. Cool. Oh, I told you it was a it was a PG thirteen almost rated R podcast. Okay, but yes, yeah, so no, that's cool. So I was telling a story. So, um, so uh, I, I I think you always have the the opportunity when things go wrong to write the end of the story. I mean, the story the stuff something's gone wrong. That's ever always going to be something went bad, but how you handle it is how you can change that story. And it sounds like you were just like which is, I think, the right approach. I'll deal with the financial part of it later. I'll deal with kind of a post-mortem later and figure out what went wrong. I want to make this right for the customer. Right. Yeah, and I think that's the way to do it. That's the only way to save a client, I think, in that situation. 
yeah, you just, you bite the bullet and you figure it out. And so luckily these were in China, so they had like 7,000% markup in them. So they actually did the 6,000 redos for free. That's actually really nice then. So are you, you really drinking? Didn't... What pot? Are you drinking? Uh, don't judge. No, I'm just jealous. That's I felt like you were judging. No, I just, I didn't know. Sorry. No, not judging at all. No, I'm not, not, I'm not judging. I'm not drinking. I'm not doing anything, but. That sounds like one heck of a nice potato crisp. Is that a is that a Lay's? No, it's a veggie harvest from Sun Chips. Oh well, that sounds healthy, but we both know it's really not. It's lunch. It's fine. Go on. So, so do you ever go into your client with that hat on? Because I would, since it's a running joke, I would go every time I went. I would go in with one of those hats every single time. Well, the funny thing is, like, I used to deal directly with this buyer, but now they've gone through, like, MRO. So mm-hmm. now I just know whenever this project's coming back that, oh, it's the it's the Black Friday hats. We're going to do this again. So Right. So you, you get repeat orders for this end every year. No, I get to be put on a bid list to I know, go, in at, go in at one half of 1% to make no yeah, money. That, that's awesome. So you said you had another closet of shame story and if i remember correctly you said you're going through one right now yeah so that's the one i'm interested in because i've done about 10 or 12 episodes of this podcast and i've never had a conversation where somebody's actually going through it right now and that's super interesting Are you cool talking about that yeah yeah it's i mean because it's ongoing and it's it's um, real yeah it's great there's there's a lot of back channels and all kinds of fun stuff so do you know what a gas tank cover lid Wait, gas, what is it? Gas lid cover? I assume, not being stupid, but I assume it's, you know, you open up the little flap on your car and there's a little gas tank thing there. You know, you, the, you know the door that swings out? Yeah. Well, the promotional products industry came up with a way to advertise on that. So you, like, elastic piece that goes over the actual piece that swings out. And then that way, oh, like, okay. So you can advertise on your gas tank cover. Yeah. A gas tank door is what yeah. I would call it. Yeah, yeah, okay, got it. Yeah, I understand. So I got a customer that was, they're up and coming. They're new. They have a lot of venture capitalists behind them, bless their heart. So they have all this money they don't know what to do with. So I did 5,000 of these covers. They loved them. Only like 2% of them were too small because I guess some guys in Tennessee and Texas A&M Aggies have big trucks to compensate for stuff, so their gas tank covers are bigger. I don't know. So I want like, you to I want you to note I didn't interrupt there. Just you, know. you wanted to though. I so did. Interrupt away, it's fine. So basically, like two percent of them didn't fit. So on the next round, we're gonna custom make them so they fit everybody's. Customer's always right, no problem. This time we're gonna do ten thousand. Oh, okay. Nice order. Thank you. We're going to make it, instead of 9 by 6, we're going to make it 10 by 7. Okay, fine. Spec sample comes in. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Good. They deliver. Roger, these are wrong. They're loose. They don't fit any of the... So they're too big. They're too big. So now, now they fit 2% of the cars, and 98% they don't fit, right. roughly? Right. And they're they're made in China. So, I mean, through uh, rec- uh, a great vendor here in the States, you know, like, They've been nothing but awesome for me. What are we going to do? Like, well, you know, like send some back. Like, uh-huh. oh, well, that takes so much time for us to go downstairs and package these up. And just, it's been ongoing for three months to rem- remedy this. 
So, so <laughs> go ahead. So uh, just like, hey, you guys just keep 10000 because it's going to cost you so much time and money to count them. I'll give you a discount. Nope, we're not paying for these. Okay. As a matter of fact, we're done with the elite promotions. We've gone with another vendor. So Oh, no. So you're stuck with 10000 of them. But they haven't sent them back. I've asked for, I just, I sent them a UPS label. Hey, fix this. Like, mm-hmm. let me see them. Nothing. So I finally got an email. It's like, you're, we're done. Like, so I said, okay, well, I need my 10,000 back. Sure. Have, if they're not paying for it, they shouldn't be able to keep the merchandise, whether it's bad or not. Right. Like, no, I, it's, it's not free. Like, right. So, Someone's paying for it. And if I'm paying for it, I want it. Right. So, um, sorry, I, I clicked. So, um, I emailed them yesterday. Like, hey. Sorry, the discount won't work. Sorry, my product won't work. Send them back to me. Let me know how. Let me know when and how I'm getting my ten thousand back. Right, and you're willing. To, you've, you've, you're providing them a UPS label, so it's not like you're asking them to pay for the shipping on this stuff. No, I just want them back. Like, right, I just you want to. That was my last email. I was like, how do I get these back? Like, right, because it's going to cost you four days of manpower to box them back up. Box them back up because you went through them all. Right. So. Uh, I, I have a trouble reading out loud, but I'm going to read you this email that I got okay. uh, 45 minutes ago from the factory that I've been dealing with. I love that this is happening in real time, so no, I boy. will not interrupt you at all. So, hey, Roger, your client placed a new order of 10000 with another distributor who sent the order to us. They wanted to go with the standard size item again this time like we did t- two orders ago. They <laughs> must have realized it was a mistake going to the larger size. We contacted the distributor to advise them on this project and got them to cancel the order. They are obviously unaware of any potential issues. Per my email below, if they want to use these fuel door, fuel door covers, they'll have to go through you. And we need to receive some here so we can review and work on resolving. Let me know how I can help. See you in Vegas. <laughs> First of all, so a couple things. Um, that's I don't know who the supplier is, and it doesn't matter because we try not to – Mention suppliers on this because you I, did know, I did I say a supplier? No, not at all. You did not. I know. I'm good. You did. You did. You're not, you're you're good. You're great. Sure. But I love the fact that's a stand up supplier that has your back. I mean, what a great relationship building moment for them and you that they would have that conversation with you and the other distributor that you know, unbeknownst to them, got a got a great order or what they thought was a great order. Right. That that's the first thing. Number two, but can I? Okay, yeah. Go go ahead. Num- write down number two so you don't forget it. I yeah. am. Did you get go it? ahead? Yeah, go ahead. So like I learned a long time ago from my dad, like you can't yell at the uh, vendors. I mean, no. You, like the customer service girl in Cleveland has no idea what happened in California. Right. So it takes does nothing to go off on her and then her boss and then so you just like all right. Jackass moment, like okay, we screwed up. How do we make this better? And then, how do we have a cocktail in Vegas and laugh about this? Like, right. how do we get there? I appreciate. And then that just like drops everybody's guard. And then you're your friends. You're trying to get through and go to the next order. So a- absolutely. And I wish more distributors took that stance because that's great advice from your dad for anybody. Is you know, the customer service person in state number one doesn't know what happened in the warehouse and taking it out on them isn't going to help anybody. Right. You know, it's not it, it taking more of an approach of, you know, shit goes wrong and let's collaborate on how to fix this is a much better approach. My number two was thinking, 
I wonder how your end user client is going to react if they haven't. Well, I mean, they probably might not even know yet when your other the, the other distributor says, "Hey, we're not going to be able to send you this. We're not going to sell you this. You have to go through Roger." Yeah, It'd be very I mean, interesting. I, I would love to see a picture uh, of them. I mean, because you don't want to. I mean, let me. Get, I don't want to assume, but I, I'm guessing you don't want to do business with them. I want to resolve it and then move. Like I want to grow on it, just like right. But what's weird is this like friend of a friend, and then like got into this company, started dealing with it. So whenever all hell broke loose, I texted my friend. I'm like, hey, who is this person, and like. Where do I need to go to get higher up? Because this person keeps talking about her boss and the CEO. And she's like, right. oh, no, she turned in two weeks resignation a week ago. Awesome. Yeah, I was like, oh, so she doesn't. She's she's like, my 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 job's on the line with this project, and my CEO's really mad. I'm just like, oh, your CEO doesn't care. Like, No. And that that's my thing. Like, if uh, 19 years, I'm kind of jaded. But if your program or your company depends on these 10,000 covers, then you're not going to make it because... No. Like, if, if your company picnic sucks because the t-shirt's black instead of navy, then it's not a big deal. Like, get over it. Sorry, that's where I am. No, 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 no. I think it's good stuff. I just, you know, this is kind of a, a very interesting thing about how you handle it. Now, I, I'm trying to put myself in your shoes. I was a distributor for 14 years before I got on the service provider side of the industry. And I'm trying to think, if I were sitting in your shoes... Do I sit and kind of, you know, wait for the end user client to come crawling back to me? Or do I call them and say, hey, I heard from our supplier, you have to go through us? Or option three, do I call them and say, hey, or contact them, email, whatever, and say, hey, really want to resolve this. How can I get my uh, gas covers back and play dumb? So what are you going to do? What is your plan? Shut up and listen. I think that's the way to go. I actually do think that's the way to go because you're in the catbird seat because they don't know that you know, right? No, and my email yesterday was, all right, I just want my 10000 back. Like, done. Like, appreciate that. Just let me know. I mean, let me know how I get my product back, and I understand you're done with Elite Promotions. That's here and there. That's fine. But, no, it's – I'm going to let them stress about coming back to me and figuring out what to do. Yeah. Well, and it's kind of underscores – and I think the way I, – I hate the phrase, the customer's always right. I've always hated it because, like you said, they're always wrong. <laughs> they're almost always wrong, but I do always think customer first. That's different. Right. Thinking about the customer's needs first as opposed to just uh, having a presumption that they're always right, I think two very different perspectives. And, and I really like customer first, not customer's always right because clearly your customer's not right, Roger. So, yeah, well, I'm uh... – it was crazy because I was debating about talking about this project because it's live and I have no idea what the outcome is. And then like 20 minutes before we go on, I get this text like, oh, yeah, by the way, let's, we, got you, we got your back, which I thought was amazing. So I don't know I, if this is a cause of the shame or not, but it's it, a good it, story. It, it is. It, it's a great story. And everybody's got stories, maybe not like this. This is, uh, it, you know, I really expected when, when, like normally I speak to you, I expect to tune out, not really pay attention, not be engaged. But you had a story that's happening so in the moment, I actually had to force myself to really listen to you. So I appreciate you doing that. 
See, you too can play at the smart ass game, my friend. So I didn't even have a comeback. It's exactly so embarrassing. I I, I just won the podcast, um, but no, I, I actually like the fact that you're talking about it right here, right now. And by the by the time you post this in September, October, it'll be done. So don't worry about it. I'm not going to post in September, October. It'll probably be August. Would you just dial it back? But it'll still be done. And I do expect you to actually get on the Facebook. You're familiar with that? I hate Facebook so much. I understand that. So I'll make sure to post this only on Facebook. And I'd like you to get on there and go ahead and let everybody know how it ended. Because I do think that's interesting. It's a cliffhanger. Well, so maybe part two. Maybe, Maybe this is my way to get back on the podcast I've been trying to get on for six and a half months. Nothing would give me more pleasure, and I'll post it. I'll post it on Common Skew. We'll post it on Twitter and other other vehicles. But it's, it'll be it'll be like on Apple Instagram. Podcasts. Like the Instagram, that's good. We do put it on the Instagram. Mm, so there you go. So let me ask you this: as we wrap this up, thankfully, what, what is the la- What is the one piece of advice you'd give to a distributor who just screwed up an order and is trying to save their client? What, what's the one piece? Seriously. Because we can all be funny and smart-assy, but seriously, what would you tell someone in the industry who just started a distributorship, has an order that screwed up, doesn't matter if they did or the client did or it was the supplier's fault, doesn't matter. At the end of the day, they have to deal with it. What's the one piece of advice you'd give them that they want to save the uh, client? Break even. <laughs> Break even? Yeah. I agree. So just basically take take the loss or take, you know, try take, to make it as break even as possible but make make the loss as minimal as you can to your company and as make it i mean if the factory offers you 25% off offer 35% off just mm-hmm. and i mean if you can break even from a crap order then you're a hero absolutely and then, no, I, and then looking forward you're like hey remember those navy t-shirts that are supposed to be black oh yeah okay we're doing right this time we got this like and then you use it as like a like a history moment like oh yeah remember like we survived we're better and if we screw up then have another round of free stuff well and i think and also what you end up doing you wear that hat of responsibility right you're you take the leadership like with the hats when you're talking about hey we're gonna fix this we're gonna take care of this you take that approach and in your mind you're figuring out okay how do i break even on this so i don't take it too much in the shorts financially i love that i love that What's the worst client merchandise you've ever seen, either created by you or not created by you? Whoa, this is random. What? Yeah, what's the worst client merchandise you've ever seen? Oh, man. I did a Speedo once. That was pretty bad. Oh, no, you didn't. Yeah. Embroidered, even. It's even worse. (laughs) Oh, that's horrific. Why would anyone want that? It was a practical joke for a boss of a boss. Um, Um. here in Missouri, there's Lake of the Ozarks, which is like this mm-hmm. big party, whatever we did. Uh, we did the custom condoms for that. For <laughs> I mean, which I never understood. Like, why do you want your logo? But they're still in the business, so there you go. They, they are, and, and I, too, never really understood the appeal of having your logo on a condom, which when I woke up this morning is not a sentence I thought I would say. <laughs> so thank you for that. Let me ask you one last question, Did Roger. I answer your question? I feel like you I answered did. the question. You totally answered the question. Okay. There's no right or wrong here. No. It's not like it's not like unscripted when Kirby's always wrong. There's no right or wrong on this podcast. What's unscripted? Roger, what would you never sell a client? What product would you never sell a client for fear it would end up either in their closet of shame or your closet of shame? And clearly it's not a condom. You've got no issue with that. I hate no. I don't want to answer this question. You have to. I guess you don't have to. I mean, I'm not going to make you, but I, come on. I hate selling candy. 
Interesting. Why do you hate selling candy? Doesn't make it a bad product, by the way. It's your preference, so it's not like you're you're slamming any manufacturer of candy. But why would you not want to sell candy? Because it's disposable. I mean, like it's like. Do you remember the last pack of Skittles you got with a logo on it? No. First of all, I didn't know we could get Skittles with a logo on you can get, it. You can get, that's the great thing about this industry. You can get anything you want with a logo. I just you can. I just always thought it was weird to, you know, get a mint with your logo, and you're like, oh, that was awesome. And the logo's in the trash in 12 seconds. I get that. I, now, see, that makes a lot of sense to me, that they were, you basically the, the product is consumable and the package is not going to be kept is what you're saying. Yeah. 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 If and, I could succinctly crystallize your thoughts into words. Thank you. Somebody needs to. The, uh, <laughs> the other thing is, like, uh, I I didn't do it, but I was at a program, and they did some, some – Somebody su- supplied flashlights, but they didn't spend the extra 88 cents to put batteries in the flashlights. Mm-hmm. So people would get the flashlight, click it, nothing, right in the trash. That's, you know, that's, one, that's a great thing. That's one of those lessons you learn, like, at your first flashlight order, right? Push the batteries, make sure they come with batteries, and if your client argues against you, don't accept no for an answer. Yeah. And make them get the batteries because that's exactly what happens, right? And that's one of those things that's a, you learn that once, you never have to learn that again. No, and it's it's a fun conversation. Like, well, you're gonna spend three dollars on this flashlight, all right? Well, eighty eight cents more, and it's people will love it. Or the other way, it's three dollars in the trash. What do you mean? It's like, well, and then you you hand them the flashlight, like here you go. They're like, oh, I gotta get batteries for this. I'm like, there you go. That's that's your end user. So. Unreal, unreal. Well, Roger, first of all, honestly, uh, we, we joke around a lot, and you're one of my favorite people in the industry because you have a great sense of humor. Uh, you did great on the podcast, so you. whether you were nervous or not, it doesn't matter. You did great. And honestly, thank you for sharing not only the hat story, which was which was good. Thank you for sharing the story about the gas door covers because that's great. And I love, like I said, I love the fact that it's happening now. There is no resolution final resolution but it seems like it's uh you know it's a great story of the relationship you have with the supplier and that that, that's such a great lesson for everybody to treat your suppliers with respect because when you do good things come back to you so that that's a great story and i look forward to hearing how that ends so thank you again for being on the podcast roger and we will see you all next time thanks bill (laughs) 